Everybody say, he's working. He's working. In me. In me. Right, now. right now. I know him. I know his voice. I hear his voice. It's easy to be led. Amen. Yeah. A consciousness of easiness is good for us. When I say that, easy in God. I remember many years ago when Pastor Mickey and I were in school together, and there was a I think it might have been uh, it might have been Keith Moore who was teaching something about that. Was that who it was? He was teaching, you know, Jesus said, "My yoke is easy, my burden is light," and those type of things. And and he started, you know, exhorting people about, about it's easy. And I remember uh, around the whole school there and stuff, a lot of people who worked there, they had these little notes at their desks and the different places they work, and it said, "It's easy." And it was, a, it was just really cool because, you know, people oftentimes will uh, gravitate towards the hardness of their lives, what's difficult, or, or they'll believe that my, you know, my job is hard, or my life is hard, or my marriage is hard, or something. And it was just kind of reorienting everyone's thoughts to a thought of faith. Yes. Instead of thinking, this is hard, can't wait till it's over, you know, TGIF, that kind of stuff, <laughs> you know, everything's hard, everything's difficult, everything's tired and worn out, and yeah, just meditating on all that, all that stuff. How I many know we don't have to believe that? Say, so what if I feel it? Then especially you, right? But everyone was kind of reorient, reorienting their thoughts and getting in faith about their daily life. Because sometimes you have a few hard days or difficult things or heavy load or busy schedule and you start entertaining, it's hard. It's hard. Stop it. There's no faith in that. Come on, turn it around. It's easy. What are you doing there? You're, you're basically accessing the grace of God and part of God's grace, what it does is it strengthens. It's, there, there's, some people call it strengthening grace. Uh, Romans says in this, talks about this grace in which we stand. Right? Why do I, why can I stand and not fall? The grace of God is holding me up. See, and grace works. You know how grace works. There's always got to be, grace is God's part, faith is our part. So if God's grace is there, someone's got to believe it to make it operative, to make it manifest. So if I need strength in my life, or standing power, or staying power, I think we talked about that last week, uh, uh, then I should believe that the grace of God is sustaining me, is upholding me. Amen, amen. Everybody say, my life is really easy. easy. (laughs) How many didn't really believe that when you said it? (laughs) I'm not, you know, I'm not like living in a, a dream world where I think there aren't hard things to deal with. I'm just saying the way to deal with them is to believe in God's sustaining grace and to say, he upholds me, he propels me, he strengthens me, he enables me. Yeah. And that's where you get like, you know, at the airports, the bigger, the bigger airports where they have the moving sidewalks, you know, and it's like, I'm walking with the same energy as that dude, but I'm going twice as fast. Right? See, I, I want that in my life where 
I'm doing life, doing ministry, doing the things that I do, but yet, man, there's, it's like I got wind in my back. So how can I get some wind in my back? Here's an idea. Say, it's like there's wind in my back. <laughs> it's like I got, you know, airplanes, like you have a tailwind, you know? It's like God's grace is, 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 is moving me forward. This is easy, especially if you got something hard coming up. That's when you say, it's easy. Come on, God, by the grace of God, I can do this. Someone say, well, I, I'm not, man, I gotta, I gotta do numbers and stuff, and I'm not really good at math, and stop it, stop it. I love numbers. <laughs> if you've gotta do it, you know, you know what I'm talking about? If it's, if it's on your plate, then believe for God to help you. And you don't do it by magnifying, by saying what's hard and what's difficult. You do it by saying, I've got the Spirit of God in me, and He knows all things. Yes. Amen. Well, I'm not much of a people person, and I've got this job where I've got to talk to people all day. <laughs> well, God's a people person. Isn't He? Yeah. And He's mechanical and, you know, and... You know, that, that kind of brain. He's that too. Right, Pastor Mickey? He, needs, he knows all the brain types. <laughs> I'm just saying God is in us and he's all those things. So whatever we're not, maybe naturally, well, then I need to get in faith in that area. If I've got to do that, then I've got to get in faith in that area. Right? If I'm not going to get in faith, I should do something else. Everybody say, it's easy. It's easy. My, life My life is easy. easy. Every day, Every day. I've, got a I've got a tailwind. God's grace is on me. Sustaining me, enabling me, empowering me, and I will stand, and I will not fall. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. Well, I didn't think I'd say any of that, but I think it was good to say. Good to be saying for a while. Um, praise God. He's moving in here. I tell you, he's working in here still right now. The Spirit of God, not only in that word, but he's... He's working, he's doing things, bodies are being changed. There's being, uh, some of you came in weak and you're gonna leave stronger. Amen. It'll be noticeable. Maybe you already feel it, but, but the spirit of the Lord is working. Amen, amen, amen. Uh, you know, I was led earlier to do this thing. Some of you need to lay hands on yourself and, and say, God's working in my body right now. Amen, I believe that. Amen, amen. Is anybody already experiencing God in their body tonight? In your body? I see some hands going up. See some other hands going up. See some other hands going up. Didn't see any in that section, but I just saw, I saw one. <laughs> Praise God. He's working. Amen. You know, uh, the, one of the things that, that God is especially doing in, in our day I say our day, the church age, so since Jesus was raised up from the dead, is he moves in signs and wonders and power, power display more than ever, okay? I know a lot of our, some of our stories from the Old Testament, you know, the, the big miracles, the parting of the Red Sea, and some of these fantastic miracles that we, we talk about, um, you understand those were great, but the average person never saw a miracle. 
You know, those who were a part of those specific times maybe did, but the average person didn't because they didn't have the Spirit of God in them. No one was born again, right? And so they would tell the stories. They had a few prophets running around, and they would sometimes do, do things in the Spirit, and they were fantastic, but, you know, it, the average person never experienced that, and, and that really wasn't God's best. If it were, he would have left things like that. Right, and we'd all be that way still. There'd be a few prophets in the land and maybe they'll you know, do a miracle here or there and bring the word of the Lord, but that would be about it. God's intention for the new covenant in which we live, which should be our expectation, is that every believer, everybody say, that includes me. Every believer would hear from God. Every believer would have power working in and through their life not a select few. God still calls people to lead in this regard, but the leadership is, is to be presented as a model of what everyone can do. Everybody with me? Okay. And, and, and so, so that's God's plan. In the past wasn't his perfect will. This is. To today, this is what he wants. When I say his perfect will, for the earth during the church age, and these things are gonna change again soon and we'll be in glory and so forth. But it is his will that all believers have such a good relationship with him, they walk closely with him, they hear his voice, they know his ways, they got, they're used in bringing healings and miracles to help other people. That's normal. Anything else is totally weird. Now I realize that most people are weird. I realize I've been, I have many weird days myself. You understand? But, but the, the thing that God intended was that his power being on display would not be abnormal, would not be once in a while, okay? Now, I understand uh, in the church world today, there are a lot of uh, people that don't know this and therefore don't expect it and therefore don't see it. And that's, you know, I'm not throwing stones at anybody. If it, I mean, I'm one of the leaders, one of many, but of the leaders of the church, uh, in the world today, and if I would point the finger at anyone for the problem, I'd say it'd be us, us pastors and preachers and leaders, because if we don't model things, teach correctly and demonstrate, then, you know, I mean, here's, here's the point. It's like Pastor Bill talking about his non-scar a minute ago, but it's like, if we don't do it, how is anyone else gonna do it? I mean, there may be some that break out, but the mass, vast majority won't, you don't understand what I'm talking, talking about? I mean, if the preachers all day long are talking about woe is me and my life is horrible and I'm constantly sick and broken, depressed and under, under the gun and I don't like my life and I'm ready to quit. And if the preachers are like that, what are the congregations gonna be like? I mean, it's hard to break out of that model. There might be a few, but they'll have to leave that church to do that. And I don't mean preachers are perfect, and that's not what I'm implying. I don't want to put that high bar on myself or anyone else. It's not that, but there should be some kind of leadership in what you do even in the midst of a trial, even in the midst of an attack. Okay, watch, this is how we're going to get through, that kind of thing. So that's normal for the, for the kingdom of God. It's what, it's what the Lord wants. You know, when reading uh, in, the, in the Gospels, uh, one of the first people we read about is a guy named, named John. Remember John the Baptist? John was a great man of God. 
And, uh, and he was a preacher of righteousness. He would preach, he would baptize people f- for repentance. It wasn't the same as our baptism. It might look the same, but it wasn't. It was a repentance baptism. And his calling was to prepare the way of the Lord, right? In other words, get, get, get people ready, get the climate ready, get people's hearts ready so Jesus could come in there and, of course, he's the Savior. Now, I always, I think this is funny. Don't anybody, in case you have this background or whatever, take offense to it. I always think it's funny that John is called John the Baptist. And then many years later, uh, lots of Christians today call themselves Baptists. Now, here's what, now I'm not saying anything wrong with that. I'm just saying it's funny to me because John didn't have miracles. John had good preaching, brought conviction. I take nothing away from him. Ate bugs, right? (laughs) Okay, that was a little weird. (laughs) But John was a great preacher. He preached with conviction. He had a, you know, and, and, and called people to repentance and baptized people, but then Jesus came along, and when he received the Holy Spirit, remember at his baptism, my cousin John, uh, Jesus immediately, right after his wilderness temptation, stepped out in power and miracles and signs and wonders. Here's why I think it's funny. John didn't have miracles, and typically, now, again, those who refer to themselves, and they're Christian just like I am. I'm not taking that away from but they call themselves Baptists, and they don't have miracles. I think one of the great strategies of the enemy is to talk people out of power, is to convince people that God doesn't do that, or, you know, it's either it's passed away, or it's totally up to him, and there's nothing you can do to make it happen. It's just, just get the power out. I think that that is a a poor reflection on who God is and what he wants to do. Now, now can people be saved without healings and miracles? Certainly they can. If they believe the gospel, anyone can be saved. But I think it's limiting. I think more people can, not only for the sake of salvation, but but for the sake of well-being in this life. You know the heart of God is for people to be well and to people to be blessed even in this life. He is not withholding and his desire for those things is only in heaven, but here and now. Do you know that he wants the, the mature believer to be healed and blessed? Do you know he wants brand new Christians? You know what the baby Christians, that's referred to in the scripture, uh, newborn babes, to be healed and blessed. And when you read the scripture, you find out he gave, he gave methods for all these different things. That's why there's different methods to get to the end result of people being well. Do you know this? That God wants unbelievers to be healed and blessed. Say, well, the Lord doesn't want people to be blessed until they accept him. No, he actually just wants people to be blessed, period. He actually loves them and doesn't want to see anybody suffer. Yeah? And you think about Jesus' ministry, you say, well, well, does the Lord heal unbelievers, meaning non-Christians or unregenerate people? Who was in Jesus' ministry? 100% of them were not born again because they couldn't be yet. So he would minister to multitudes and all the people, all the stories we read about, he was ministering to people who weren't yet saved. 
What was his desire for them? That they be well. Yeah. Amen. And certainly he taught people to follow him and taught people the ways of the kingdom and, and all these type of things. But independent of their, uh, of their response, especially when you read some of the many stories of the great multitudes and it says he healed them all. How many know he's not putting a requirement on them ahead of time? Because there's no way the whole multitude said yes to the requirements. <laughs> well, you'll be healed if you promise to start tithing, get yourself to the synagogue, be nice to your kids, whatever. No, just receive of the Lord. Receive, be blessed, be healed. So knowing this, knowing this is the case, then we can know what, what to expect God to do through us, okay? Now, of course, you can look in the mirror and you can look at yourself and say, the Lord wants you to be well. The Lord wants you to smile. <laughs> the Lord wants his blessings to be made manifest in your life, right? And we can say many things that the Lord wants, per se. He wants these things. He wants them for you, meaning me, you. But also, you can know this for certain. When you see people, you have friends, relatives, coworkers, and, and, and some of them, many of them have problems or ailments or different difficult things in their life. Uh, the Lord loves them so much. He loves them way more than you do. He wants them well. You, you and I can, can talk to people and have that type of verbiage and say to them with absolute confidence, looking them right in the eye, looking at someone who's, who's really hurting or in trouble or got problems and say, the Lord wants to help you. Yes. He wants you, if it's a healing, he wants you healed. He does? Yes, right now. Really? Yes, let me show you. Look them in the eyeball when you tell them that too. Let me show you. How? I'm going to put my hands on you, if that's okay. Don't, don't be weird. I'm going to, I'm going to grab your hand. I'm going to touch your shoulder. I'm going to do this. And when I do... God is going to touch you. Yes. He's going to heal you of that condition. Really? Yes. Right now. Are you ready? I don't know. I don't care. Come on. He loves them. He loves them way more than you could possibly imagine. Amen. And if they tell you, well... My church doesn't teach that. Say, well, he loves you anyway. <laughs> and he still wants you well. Yeah? yeah. And then just do it. Then just do it. Just put your hand on him and say, be healed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I'm saying in our day, in our covenant, in this time, this is one of the characteristics that's supposed to be the most common in the church is a demonstration of God. It is, yes, the preaching of the gospel is what he sent us to do. But when you read that in Mark chapter 16, the preaching of the gospel is to be accompanied with signs. 
is to be accompanied with manifest power. That's God's plan. So I'm just gonna tell you, I realize in, that, in, this, in the Christian world, some people like to mock that. I don't care. I will never back off on this. I will never stop. Our church will never become watered down and, and to where we're gonna, you know, because someone will say, well, what about that person? They died and this person, they died. I don't care, that wasn't God's will. It wasn't his plan. He didn't want it to happen that way. So what are we gonna do? I'm gonna stop that from happening for someone else. I'm gonna interrupt this. Amen. Someone needs that kind of audacity. That says, yeah, bless God. That's the, that's the kind of thing, though, that I think the enemy uses to take uh, people away from God's power. It makes a powerless church. If we're so passive, we're just accepting. And I want to think, I want to say, in what world do you have the gall to ask God to bring your family closer together? How do you know that's his will? Why would you say that? Why would you have faith for that? But not the other. It's like, that's so presumptive. <laughs> We're living in a day, and I think this needs to, I believe it is, I believe the Lord is doing this, and you can, if you look at global things, God is doing this across the globe. But there are more and more people stepping into greater glory and more power and people are laying hands. I, I wanna just say, uh, say to my friend, would you get your hands on that wife of yours and curse that cancer? Yes. But why doesn't he know to do that? He's he reading the same Bible I'm reading is those who are, who are before him aren't teaching him to do that. I thought, well, wouldn't you at least do James 5? Don't you call for the elders of the church? Doesn't anyone at your church know how to pray the prayer of faith? Can't they anoint your wife with oil? You haven't done that? You're, you mean, you mean your, your church, they, they don't do that? Ah. Amen. <laughs> we must contend for power. Say, what if I try this and nothing works? I guarantee you, if you don't do it, nothing will work. <laughs> I can't be afraid of something, you know, making me look bad. We can't be motivated by fear. We've got to be motivated by love. And not to prove anything. I'm not to prove anyone that I'm right. And so, no, I don't care about that. All I care is this person's hurting. That's the heart of God. People are hurting. God wants them well. People are suffering. He wants to intervene. And not all of it is through the laying on of hands and casting out of demons and that kind of thing. Some of it's through hugs and love and, and putting a hundred bucks in someone's hand. You know what I'm talking about? Many different ways that God's love comes through, through us and, and, and helps other people. But, but God is into power. You know, uh, the, uh, the gifts of the Spirit that you, that you read of in 1 Corinthians 12, those, those nine gifts there, uh, two of them are, seven of them have been happening for thousands of years, all right? Old Testament prophets and so forth would 
have the gifts of the Spirit. Two of them are only for the church age. All of them are for the church age, but two are unique to the church age. Anybody know what those two are? <laughs> yeah, I'm hearing the right answers, but they're real quiet because you can't say that word loud. Tongues. <laughs> tongues and interpretation of tongues, right? In other words, you don't read about those previously. They're distinct for this dispensation. They have Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was poured out, the 120 all. How many know all of them did? Still supposed to be that way. They all spoke in tongues, right? And so tongues and interpretation of tongues are the two gifts that are distinct and unique for this dispensation. It's interesting to me that the very first you know, group of salvations after, after the day of Pentecost came after people were crazy talking in tongues. Isn't that interesting? It's one of the things, see, what the enemy wants to do is, is tell us, no, if you do that, if you speak in tongues or you talk about that, that's what scares people away. I almost think that, that, the, that the devil works just like the modern day news. Here's what I mean by that. Whatever they say, the opposite is true. I mean, in politics and that kind of stuff, usually the case. Whatever they say, if they say it real loud, especially if they all say it, then you'll know, okay, now I know it's true. The opposite of what you're saying. So often that turns out to be the case, right? That's the way the enemy works. If you, he try to get us to, no, don't pray for people because what if it doesn't work? You know, don't, don't, uh, uh, don't be doing this tongue talking and prophecy and, and those type of things uh, because, you know, what if someone thinks that's weird or it scares someone off? Okay, that's, that's a fear tactic. It gets us to trust in our human methods and I can only relate to someone mind to mind. That's the only way I'm gonna win them. I wanna go beyond my mind. I've, have you ever won a good argument with someone? I mean, like over spiritual things or theology things, you totally crushed them. <laughs> Meaning you beat their argument, but they didn't change. You totally proved to them, calculated, laid it out about salvation, eternal life, and you said, would you like to receive the Lord? No. How could you not? Yeah, that happens sometimes. And sometimes there's very little explanation, very little convincing, and it's just God is on what you're saying. Or there's a miracle involved, or there's a healing involved, or there's a answer to prayer, there's something, there's some kind of spiritual component to it, and it bypasses all their arguments, and they know it's right. And then in that moment, they get saved. I'm, I'm looking for that. Yeah, I like that better. I mean, I'm happy to argue with someone. <laughs> But a lot of times that's pride. I just want to win. I want to be right and you be wrong. How many know pride doesn't get people saved? No. I want to go past I'm right and you're wrong and this person's right and this person's wrong or this group's right and this group's wrong. How about God is here and you know he's dealing with you right now. That's what I love about church, honestly, these services. I can trust that when I get up here and minister that God will be speaking to people. And I don't have to say it perfect. I don't have to hit every angle and answer every question. Sometimes I can say, you know what? Some of you, God is dealing with you right now. You know it right in the pit of your stomach. God is working in you and he's ready for you to make a change. Amen. I love it. Amen. 
It's like, how did that convince anyone? It didn't, not up here. It was deeper. And it was inward. And that's how many of us came to the Lord. We were like, I don't even know why I did this. I can't even wrap my mind around this, but here I am, serving the Lord. Now I speak in tongues, and I still don't know what that is. Right? I mean, how many think on the day of Pentecost, when those 120 came out, and first of all, you know, the wind's blowing, and, or it sounds like wind, fire's on their head, and they're all speaking in tongues. How many know a lot of them are going, what in the world is happening here? <laughs> They had to have been, you know, they're Sabanda Bedavita Makadolo, Brema Tima Tana Suda, Rabadolo, Brema Seda Bedavita Kitty. And they're, they're speaking out in other tongues and going, what in the world? Then they go out on the street and someone hears them speaking in their own language from their own country. They have to be saying, people are going, what are you saying? How, how do you know this? I don't know. Some things God does goes past our understanding. In fact, that's kind of a frequent thing. Remember, peace that passes understanding. Many times, I mean, we can all have different experiences that we say, this happened. Well, explain that to me. I don't know if I can. It was just like this, and people will use the like word. It was kind of like, it was kind of like we're reaching for illustrations to, 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 you know, when Paul went to heaven for 2 Corinthians 12, he had that experience in, in heaven, and he said he came back, and he, he said, I heard things that were unlawful to speak. And I've heard that from other people who've been to heaven that, that have said, yeah, I saw this, and I, I, I saw some things I really don't know how to tell you about it, because there aren't words. There's no explanation in human language to tell you some of the things that were there. There's no comparison. There's no like. Spiritual things can be that way. Amen? Well, we're having fun tonight. Thank you, Lord. I say, uh, uh, let's contend for the power of God. And say, we're not going to shrink back. We're going to go for more. We're going to believe for more. Remember, I taught that recently when we were singing it earlier. David believed to see the goodness of God. God's goodness can be, in Lazarus' case, remember I taught this recently, goodness in that case, or the glory in that case, was Lazarus raised from the dead. Moses said, show me your glory, and the Lord said, I'll show you all my goodness. It's the goodness of God, it's the glory of God, it's where healings happen, it's where marriages are reconciled, it's where lives are turned around and addictions are broken and depression breaks off of people and, and demons flee and this is the glory of, I don't want to back off on any of this. This is, this is what our world needs in these last days. If there's to be a last day's great revival and move of God on the earth, it's not going to be void of power. And so we need not back down, but press on and move forward in this. Amen. Amen. Praise God. And he's doing it. Thank God he's doing it. Amen. Is uh, uh, my, uh, my uh, brother Charlie, are you in this service? Brother? No, I don't think we're talking about the same person. Uh, no, he's not here then. 
It's, a, it's a, 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 another minister in our church that he shared a testimony with me. And I thought, that would fit right here. Right now, that's why I thought, I don't know if he's here or not. I'm going to say not now. Praise God. God's working. Amen. Everybody say, the Lord is working. He's working in me. He's working through me. He's working in this house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There he is again. Everybody say, every time we get together, the Spirit of the Lord begins to move, begins to manifest, show himself strong in our midst, in our lives. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one, the man who trusts in him. Lord, we put our trust in you. We put our trust in you today.